Oh, I was thinking for the intro, uh, we could tr- see what we remember of the dialogue. Uh, okay. See if we can do it on the fly. If you'd like to make it more challenging, we could swap roles. Okay, I could try it. Give it a go. I remember the first line of Macbeth. Do you remember my the line I always say first? Yeah, I do. Okay, go. We will proceed no further in this business. Was the hope drunk wherein you dressed yourself? Have it slept since, and wakes it now to look so green and pale as what it did so freely? Prithee peace. I don't remember the rest of that line. <laughs> I dare. I dare. Ah, oh, I dare do shit. Or... I don't remember it. I dare do all that may become a man. I dare do all that may become a man. And who? Ah, uh, no. Who dares do more is none. Ah, <laughs> uh, who dares do all is none. What beast was it then that made you break this enterprise with me? When you durst do it, then you were a man. So what's that? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. If we should fail? We fail. But screw your courage to the sticking place, and we'll not fail. Not bad. Yeah, that's it. That's not, that's not bad. Not bad. Welcome to the Scottish Film, a podcast that was never about Scottish films. I'm Paul Salt. And I'm Katie Maiden. We have watched 21 adaptations of William Shakespeare's The Tragedy of Macbeth. And in this penultimate episode, we are picking out the highlights. Yay! Best Macbeth, best witches, best Donald Bain. It's all... Oh, poor Donald Bain. It's all There's no best Donald Bain. Oh, there is actually a best Donald Bain. <laughs> there is a um, Donald Bain. <laughs> they, there was one singer It's a Donald participation Bain. award. <laughs> Um, all... <laughs> it's you tried your best you know like PE when yeah. you like, get the sticker yeah, all like leading up to the grand prize best Scottish film brackets not Scottish film so <laughs> let's get right to it and we shall start with one of the big ones we have got best witch Ooh. the witch is a key part of Macbeth I mean it's the driving force Us- almost always we did we ha- we haven't had did we have any adaptations that just left the witch out no, no, which was in every single one. Yeah, even when they didn't quite belong, there was always the witches in there. <laughs> even if it was just like one witch, yeah. like, it was, there was always at least one witch. Always a witch. And what, what, a, what a witch there was. Because we were very torn between things like the animated Macbeth, where the witches were these weird like shapes that could talk, like these expressionist, bizarre things, very weird. And Throne of Blood, where you had that spooky witch in the forest, who was just like playing on her spinning wheel and spoke with that deep voice. Very creepy. But in the end, we have gone with Verdi. Uh, that's yes. Claude Anna's film of Verdi's opera because they did some weird stuff with those witches. Yeah, they were absolutely amazing. First of all, yeah. Not one witch. No. Not two witch. Not the classic three witches, but like a whole bunch of witches. Yeah, there were like 20, 30 witches. Yeah. And they were mainly either nude or like yep. covered very scantily. Yeah. But not in an erotic way. They were all like no. ashen skin. Or not ashen. Ashen skin, like the dark skin. Like yeah. black skin from like ash. And... They were sort of feral and kind of crawling around on mm. all fours and would Almost swarm. like cavemen. Yeah, like cavemen and they'd swarm over the um, the battlefield at the beginning and then the feast at the very end. And 
Mm. They were just spooky. And because obviously this is an opera, they had this really amazing like chorus. Yeah, they had like, a great song. Thing. Loved it. That was exactly how it sounded. Yeah, that's how they go. They do. They they hum it. They don't know the words. <laughs> the witches. So yeah, they were undoubtedly the spookiest sisters. Spooky. <laughs> Uh, so next up we have best sets mm. and there were some amazing sets here because this is medieval yeah. and you can do all sorts of crazy caves and castles mm. and big sprawling fields and big battles so um again we have verdi as a kind of honorable mention oh yeah there um great used dungeon massive yeah like kind of underground dungeon thing yeah. had a couple of underground dungeons but this was a particularly cool one um and also like loads of like you know rolling hills and lots of like um Mm. iron bars yeah. and things like that absolutely and then we also want to mention um uh, beth 2015 which gotcha. is uh, michael fassbender Macbeth, um which is just gorgeous you know beginning to end yeah um i really especially liked the the church yeah the church that Lady Macbeth was yeah. often seen in gorgeous and the cathedral gorgeous. near the end is just mm. stunning yes yeah um but the mm. prize goes to um awesome wells Macbeth, the first hey. one that we started with it was so like that there was mist yeah. and there was like really medieval stone buildings. Yeah. And it was almost like every scene was like fluid from one stone building to another. Mm. And it was just so like it was like plain but also really traditional. Yeah, but with this weird expressionist bent, we'd have like staircases to nothing, you mm. know, and just yes, really exactly. bizarre kind of alien looking landscapes every now and then yeah there was a lot going on there good stuff okay <laughs> lot going on there. best music now this is a tough mm. one with best music uh, accompanying these films you've got things like the tragedy of Macbeth, which had a brilliant um oh score by a band whose name i can't remember that's irritating but um it was like a, <laughs> a weird sort of medieval tribute act and they were very interesting uh, and then, obviously, Macbeth 2015, I've already mentioned that uh, it's one of my favourite scores to a movie, is um, Jed Kurzel's, um score to his brother's film. But, ultimately, we are going with Verdi! Yes, I mean it was. This was. <laughs> yeah. Almost, I mean, not a no-brainer because there were so many good scores, but like yeah. Verdi's opera of Macbeth. Mm. I mean, it's, it's the music is stunning and the voices are stunning oh, as God. well. So it's almost like you don't even need to know what's going on mm. because you're just there in the kind of like this is so gorgeous. Yeah, you can enjoy it in the way that you know you may enjoy an opera of just listening to the music and being absorbed by it. But yeah, it's just really great the way in which Verdi has dramatized the action of Macbeth and rendered it all to music and you know just certain phrases and key moments just stick in my head the witch's song the amazing light motif that you hear in the opening credits and kind of throughout um you know the yeah and the uh the, i especially love all the chorus singing from like huge crowds of people like after the murder there's just uh there's a lot of great stuff in there and i'm very glad yeah. that as a result of this podcast i now own it on dvd that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely stunning. Yeah. Some of the voices that um, we'll mention this again, mm. just like absolutely amazing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Next up is our first uh, character. Yeah. And we have best Banquo. Banquo is one of my favorite characters. Yep. So best um, bestie. And, yeah, his BFF. <laughs> yeah. His best friend. His best friend. In, and it's in um, Throne of Blood. Yeah. And it's a role that has to be like the the ultimate cost of Macbeth's ambition. That and Duncan, I guess, because it has to be like his best friend. And Lady Macbeth. And Lady Macbeth. <laughs> but this has to be like the moment where he really loses himself is when he decides yeah. to kill Banquo. Okay, so mm. in terms of runners-up, we have Paddy Constantine from yeah. 2015 Macbeth. Big beard, big um, heart, big dad. Yes, love him. Love him <laughs> in everything. Yeah. Um, and also, just to mention, mm. um, Johan Lesson. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh -huh. Slash 
Samuel Raimi in Verdi. So he yeah. was played by Samuel Raimi, I think. Well, Is that right? Uh, physically, and the voice. physically by Johan Leyson and then voice. Oh, physically by Johan yeah. Leyson and the voice, the singing voice, Samuel Raimi. And oh my God, his singing voice. Yeah. Like, it's just filled me with so much. Um, it's that kind of thing where, where you know, Javert from Les Mis? Yeah. He starts singing and you're like, oh, you've got a big voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, that is that a feeling? So there, there are some really good runners up, but um, number one who I really campaigned for mm. <laughs> was um, Michael Horden. Yeah. Yet I would not sleep. Merciful powers restraining me, the cursed thoughts that nature gives way to in repose. He plays um, Macbeth in this kind of lovely best friend loving dad role yeah he was old but when he when he dies yeah. you're like really sad because <laughs> you're like this is a good guy he was probably why did you do this to me it's like he was Macbeth's best chance of actually getting redeemed <laughs> if he yeah. just spoke to Banquo instead of becoming afraid of him and yeah Michael Horden plays that beautifully and you know he's forceful when he needs to be like when you know he's turning on the witches and when you know, he thinks there's an intruder in the um, in the castle. He's like, "Halt! Who goes there?" Yeah, he's got it all going on. And he was he was Banquo in he was Banquo in the 1954 Judith Anderson, Maurice Evans, uh, Macbeth. Yes, yeah. The second one we watched. It was great. Speaking of Banquo, though, scariest Banquo ghost. <laughs> because yeah, he does get killed. And there are some pretty good candidates for the spooky ghost. Having a good spooky mm. ghost is very important for portraying how <laughs> upset <laughs> how upset Macbeth is during that that banquet scene and it can be a good thing to leave him to the imagination like with like Ian McKellen's Macbeth where you don't actually get to see the ghost he's seeing but it's also good to just freak out the audience a bit um, yeah. and the best people to do that we felt first of all the tragedy of Macbeth was really really good three stages of ghosts that sort of evolve in their frightening quality just really gory really upsetting good stuff but so upsetting so upsetting but ultimately the prize goes to the animated Macbeth. thou canst not say i did it never shake thy gory locks at me yeah it was so creepy <laughs> and beautiful at the same time yeah which is how i wish my art could be <laughs> <laughs> the one that they actually made for kids is the one that featured the most frightening of the bank yes. he had like a a cleft face and he's got some yeah, gory locks, really... and he shakes him about a bit. Really grim. <laughs> really grim. Uh, speaking of ghosts, while we're here, let's talk about best extra ghosts. Mm. So when we talk about extra ghosts, what we mean is in the second prophecy, where he goes yeah. to see the witches again, and he gets um, like the scary baby ghost, and he gets <laughs> um, like a kind of soldier, yeah. armor dude, and also uh, like a young kid. Yeah. Um, so our one uh, runner-up for this again is the animated mm. Macbeth, which is still creepy as hell. <laughs> and I, I think I would probably not show this to my children for a while. <laughs> probably for the best. Um, the prize does go to the Verdi, yeah, Macbeth again because of the way that it's kind of you got all the witches and they show him through the bars of a mm. kind of raw iron kind of gate of a weird cave yeah that's a hard to it's hard to explain <laughs> but um they are just really really creepy and um kind of traditional creepy but not but also just like what's the way to describe it it's like they're part of the fate of the witches because because mm. they've got all the witches there and also we didn't mention this with the witches but the witches do take on this like really fate kind of role in verdi yeah they kind of drag him to hell at the end yeah they so, do yeah so I love that the the ghosts are kind of part of the witches. Yeah, they're like resurrected bodies, you know. Yes. They just and they just lean out of their crypts to give these prom- prophecies. Yeah, really spooky. Okay, but what is the crux of Macbeth? At the very heart mm. of it, it's all about the decision to kill Duncan. And so the role of Duncan is extraordinarily important. But we felt actually there wasn't that much competition for best Duncan. Our favorite one was our yeah. first one. Yes. Yeah. Ers- I love Duncan when he is pious. Yes, absolutely. And Erskine Sanford in the Orson Welles adaptation of Macbeth portrays him as almost papal. Do thou, O prince of the heavenly host, by the divine power, thrust into hell Satan and the other evil spirits who roam through the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. 
Like, yes. he enters the castle in a really memorable scene and has everybody join him in prayer. And, and they like bow to him, yep. don't they? And they're like, like, yeah, like you're right. Like almost like he's the Pope. He's the head of the church. Yeah. He's, you know, he's all in white and he's got long hair and yeah, it's just, he's, yeah, gorgeous, like outfit. Yeah. And he's, he's surrounded by soldiers who have all been off fighting in this war and it, they find like peace when they're with Duncan and his company. And it's, it just, yes. it really gets across the idea that, you know, the Shakespearean idea that is, by killing Duncan, you are disrupting the natural order of this kingdom. And it's, yeah, really quite palpable, I think. You're right. But speaking of that holy figure... <laughs> <laughs> speaking of that awesome holy figure, now let's kill him! Yeah. Um, so, in terms of the best murder of Duncan, not every Macbeth shows the murder. Absolutely. Because it's not actually written in the play. Mm-hmm. Um, he, like, goes off, comes back, it's done. Yeah. Um... However, some people take the opportunity of, you know, artistic license to show the murder. And um, there are some that are particularly either gory or effective. You've got the tragedy of Macbeth, where obviously he was going to show the murder. Um, It's pretty bloody. Yeah. Um, And that's, it's pretty creepy. And and then you've got the Macbeth 2015 as well, where they show the murder. Yep. Is that the one where he puts his hand over the Yeah, it's like intimate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he kind of wakes up and puts a hand over the mouth and, mm. and sees him. Um, however, we're giving the uh, prize here to the Hungarian Macbeth. Yeah, the sh- it's the camera shot that really did it for me. Yes. So you kind of you're on Lady Macbeth, mm-hmm. and she's walking along this kind of corridor thing, mm-hmm. and she looks down, and the camera shoots down, and you can see the murder happening from above. So it's like you're disconnected, but mm. you're also being able to see it. Yeah. So they're taking the disconnect of the traditional Macbeth, mm. but adding in artistic license of movie. Yeah. So I think that was really interesting way of, of doing it. Yeah, the spacing was really great. The dr- you, d- you just don't expect it. You don't expect to look over and see the murder. And it just... No. It really takes you by surprise, and it's a very abrupt moment. And then they start the dialogue, the post-murder dialogue, whilst he's still there with the body. You know, did you hear a cry? So... Yeah, it was a really dramatic way of visualising the murder. Absolutely. Okay, best Malcolm, the son of Duncan, Mm. oldest son, who can be an easy character to miss out a bit. He's around, but ultimately Macduff is the one who becomes the avenging soldier, not Malcolm. Yes, because Malcolm has a couple of scenes at the beginning, then goes off to England, and then comes back for the end to kind of rally the troops. But yeah, like you say, Macduff is the one who, who really is the hero. Yeah, absolutely. And so Malcolm can be very easy to overlook. In the end, thought about Jack Rayner, who's given a bit more to do by um, Justin Kurzel and is generally quite good in that role as the sort of intimidated son. And I do like the angle of him seeing the murder and deciding to take off before Macbeth has a chance to frame him. Um, ultimately, the one that really stuck with me was Roger Rees, uh, or Lord Marbury from uh, The West Wing. Who yes, I love him. <laughs> is in Ian McKellen's uh, Royal Shakespeare Company, Macbeth. And the line that really stuck with me is he plays him as kind of a very fey and kind of fragile uh, Mac- Malcolm. And in the scene where somebody says, you know, he comes and says, what's amiss? And he's like, you are, but you do not know it. Your father is slain. And then he takes a moment and then just says, Your royal father's murdered. How oh, by whom? You know, just really soft and really kind of sad. And it just, that really stuck with me. More so than probably any of the other Malcolms did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the moment that won him the award for best Malcolm. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Um, so in terms of Duncan's other son. The other Donald son. Bain, very much the other the son. Other, very much the other one. He doesn't have much to do, Donald Bain, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, However, he was given a bit more to do in only one, in one film. Yeah. And that's a film I think we're only going to mention once. Yes. <laughs> um, and that is Scotland PA. So yeah. this is the one in which um, uh, we've got... This is the Christopher Walken as Macbeth. Yeah, this one, is the fast it? food restaurant one. Yeah, so this isn't a traditional... No. You know, Macbeth so far <laughs> we've talked about traditional mainly, but this is a, um, you know, very much an adaptation. Yeah. Um, however, Donald Bain, played by um, Jeff... Dunsworth yep. in Scotland PA is given a role where he's um, talking about where Malcolm could be to the police yeah. played by Christopher Walken yeah. and he it turns out he's maybe um, gay and he's got yeah. 
some kind of you know issues with his brother there's like brotherly tension because the other ones like run off somewhere Mm. and it it actually gives him something to do you know they're trying to make gambling legal in atlantic city all right i got the deed to the house in my pocket shut up malcolm it's a disease sammy lost like a whole year's salary once in vegas sammy who davis jr you're a freak, Donald. It does. He's, Which is nice. He's like a soundboard for Malcolm's dissatisfaction. And he's kind of a, I don't know, an outside figure. He doesn't participate in the plot much. But is this kind of, he's got Kieran McCulkin energy. And just kind of, <laughs> you know, teenage bigger brother. <laughs> I love how that's energy. He has energy of that. And it's like, I don't know, like a teenage younger brother kind of feel to him. And I like that. If I were to give another prize to Scotland PA, and this is really nebulous, um... It's the one I'm weirdly the most nostalgic for. Like, I don't know. It's I remember not thinking it was a very it good film. It was almost, like, cute. It was, and there's something about the aesthetic. It was very 90s, in spite of being 2001. It was super Yeah, it had, 90s. like, 90s music, didn't it? It had Bad Company during the soundtrack. And like, so this kind yeah. of rock soundtrack. Bad Company! You know, when I think back to, is it Laura Materni, the um, uh, the lady from The Affair, who was Lady Macbeth in that uh, one? yes. And, yeah. you know, that uh, the guy was terrible. The guy playing Macbeth was not very good. But, yeah, and then Christopher Walken. And I don't know, it's, looking back over this entire enterprise, I do have a bit of nostalgia for Scotland PA and might watch it again someday. <laughs> <laughs> one day we'll watch it. We'll be like one 18. Day. We'll be like, oh my God. Know what we should do. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the lockdown? Oh, God. <laughs> Telling our grandkids about the lockdown, and we were like, and then we watched Scotland beer. Yeah. This was this was probably the biggest thing I achieved during lockdown. This whole enterprise, watching all the Macbeths and doing a podcast was probably like my big. How get out. dare you break this enterprise? I know. Um, <laughs> okay. We're, okay. Yeah. We're on so to yeah, best Donovan. That was Donovan. We're on to best Macduff. Macduff is important. He is the hero of the important. thing, as we've said. He is. The one ultimately who represents Macbeth gone too far and he comes back and sort of asserts the natural order back into things by killing Macbeth. So he's kind of a conventional hero role. Yeah, he is the hero of the story and he's he's also my buddy because he's my cesarean section buddy. Oh yeah, he's your uh, friend in that respect. And we have <laughs> we have some candidates. We have Philippe Volter as the body of uh, Macduff in Verdi, and Veriano (laughs) Lucetti as his voice, which I remember was a striking enough performance that it distracted you from Banquo. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, Banquo's Bay in this one. And then Macduff came on and I was like, Macduff is Bay. Like, (laughs) who is this guy? And it was moments after Banquo was murdered. Move over Banquo. Very inappropriate. But also Bob Peck, (laughs) who was yes. uh, Muldoon in Jurassic Park and played Bank- uh, Macduff in Ian McKellen's RSC Shakespeare in 1979. And I liked him for his sternness. He was very solid. But ultimately we're giving it to Sean Harris from Macbeth 2015. Dispute it, I command. Oh, I will do so. But I will also feel it as a man. Sinful Macduff. They're all struck for thee. I don't know, there's just something kind of unhinged about him. He seems unstable in his anger. You know, he's got this big resentment of Macbeth, and he's onto him straight away. Straight away after the murder, he is not happy about Macbeth and suspects him. I mean, he shouldn't. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, he's right. And he is right. And he storms out of the banquet when uh, Macbeth starts acting crazy. And yeah, he's just, he's from the beginning. He's against Macbeth. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know... That's good. It's good. It's a good performance from Sean Harris. He's always a really intimidating presence in the film. And <laughs> I think that really works well here. Okay, speaking of Macduff, oh. sorry Macduff, <laughs> um, we do have a prize here for the best uh, Macduff family. Yeah. And I think this also ties into the best Macda- Macduff family murder. I guess so. Although in this particular winner, the Macduff family murder was easily the hardest one to watch. Yes. So... The Macduff family isn't in everyone, and the no. f- murder of Macduff's family isn't in everyone. No, sometimes it's think, just dialogue. 
you know, there's there's a smaller pool here. However, there is one clear winner, uh-huh. and that is the tragedy of Macbeth. Was my father a traitor? Ah, that he was. What is a traitor? Why, one that swears and lies. Are they all traitors that do so? Everyone that does so is a traitor and must be hanged. Who must hang them? Why, the honest men. Then the liars and swearers are fools, for there are enough of them to beat the honest men and hang them up. Oh, God help thee, poor monkey. Not only do we get um, quite a bit of the Macduff family, we get their entire scene where they're talking. Yeah. Um, I think the son did annoy me in this one, didn't he? uh, No, I think it was the... um, It was a different one where he really annoyed me. 1970 um, Macbeth, I think, really annoyed you because Uh, uh, the kid was a cockney. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I was like, why is he cockney? Um... (laughs) But in this one, they, you know, they're having this kind of banter, like, yeah. you know, the mum and the, and the son. There's business um, going and... on because um, the son is being bathed by the mum. And so, yes. yeah, there's like, they're doing so he's stuff. he's like naked. Yeah, and it's very domestic, you know. Yeah, and, and also the set was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was in the um, Macduff Castle. And then the murder happens, and like you said, it's incredibly hard to watch. Uh, you know, this is um, the tragedy of Macbeth, and we know who wrote this and directed this. Yeah. So it's... <laughs> It wasn't a surprise, but it was um, rough, bloody and rough. And there was so- there was also like insinuations that there might have been like some rape going yeah, on. Yeah, there was. And then a fire, I think, at the end as well. Yeah, there was. So it was rough. It, he did not hold back on that particular murder, considering that a lot of people cut it out. Yeah, it's it, it was a bit like shocking. Yeah, it was full on. Um, so that one definitely gets that prize. If you want that prize or not, I don't know. <laughs> that is the prize. Most horrific murder. But also, yeah, best family. Because the mum was great. Really natural. The kid was really good. Because, you know, it's tough. It's tough to get good Shakespearean actor kids. But we've had a good yeah. crop. Had a good crop in this. <laughs> okay. Best poker face. So, after the horrific murders, somebody's got to tell Macduff. And Ross almost doesn't. He <laughs> almost he just doesn't <laughs> want to talk about it, okay? He doesn't want to talk about it now. He wants to stay focused on Scotland. But he does there are some people who proved, let's say, funnier in refusing <laughs> to tell Ross the truth. And we've got not uh, honorable mentions, John uh ooh, now how are we gonna pronounce that? Dierks? Dierks. Dierks. Anyway, he's a Macbeth he's a Orson Welles regular. He was in pretty much all of Orson Welles' film, including a memorable role in Citizen Kane. But here plays the very distinctive looking Ross with his long blonde hair and sort of yes. braids. Dread, like dreadlocky. Yeah, kind of. He's yeah. very exotic looking. Looks like a Viking has just wandered into set. But he, yeah, he delivers it very straight. He's like the iconic Ross's poker face thing of just, why, well. And then Tim Hardy in the 1971 also has a good bash at this. Similar performance in fact but the one who really made you feel something i think was ian mcdermott um yes as ross uh because uh that was in the in... rsc uh shakespeare yeah. um with ian mckellen how does my wife why well and all my children well too the tyrant has not battered at their feet no they were well at peace when i did leave them and yeah he has this interesting thing where he first of all does it really jovially you know, how are my family? Why well? You know, he's quite good. And then, near the end, he takes the dark turn. They were well at peace when I did leave them. And that's... that's it's like he's yeah. realised that it's not okay to not, not <laughs> tell Macduff. Yeah. Or like, like, it's hit him. Like, I thought I could yeah. lie about this, but I'm actually still really shaken up by it. And it's... Yeah. It's good yeah. stuff. And in that kind of way where it's like, please, if, if you know that someone's family has been murdered by Macbeth, please tell them the first thing. <laughs> call this the number. The first thing. <laughs> like, call this number and we will tell them for you. Yeah. That's a service we're offering. Anyone who gets murdered by Macbeth, we will tell the family. Um, in it's, the yeah, least, it's a special service. In the least um, hilarious way that we can. We haven't, haven't had many offers. Not yet. But it's going to come rolling in any minute now. <laughs> so, um... Mm. Back on to another character who's sometimes left out, and yep. that is the porter. Uh-huh. So the porter speech is in there for a couple of reasons, yeah. you could say. You could say it's in there for comedy relief. Mm-hmm. You could say it's in there because of Shakespeare's weird rule where um, back in Shakespearean times, there was a rule where if you're writing a play, you, you couldn't have the same character on in a subsequent scene. Mm. 
having not exited. It's a whole thing. Yeah. So it's a kind of filler thing. Um, also, it creates a lot of tension because when Macduff is like bashing at the door and you've got this port speech and you're like, come on, let him in. Duncan's like dead. We need <laughs> Macduff to find yeah. him. And then Portal's like messing around. You're like, come on. So we've got a couple, we've got one um, runner up here, and that's um, Pat O'Malley in the 1954. Yeah, uh, gives... Macbeth, which is straight up. It is very straight. It? It's exactly the kind of iconic Porter role. It's got the accent going. He's very drunk, very kind of crumpled from my memory. Yeah, and yeah, just sort of knock knock. Who's there? He's got yeah. He's um, got that thing going on. <laughs> so that that's a it's a good like you know yeah. this is how. I guess maybe it was written and supposed to be. Yeah. But we are giving it again another Ian McDermott one because he yeah. plays um, two characters he in does. the stage play, um, the RSC stage play. As as you know, people do. They mm. they keep the cast small and they switch um, switch roles. Saves and money. Ian McDermott, he plays it in this really cheeky, over-the-top, yeah. he makes the role like massive, even though it's yeah. like a paragraph. <laughs> um, and he's really incredibly memorable considering he's in like one scene here's a farmer that hanged himself <laughs> on the expectation of plenty oh come in time server it have napkins enough about you here you'll sweat for it so yeah. that he definitely takes the bacon there yeah, he really does. Quite, he's an extraordinary performance, and it really sort of pulls out every bit of uh, I don't know inflection from that. Like almost every word he says has some sort of incredible angle on it. And if you're a fan of Emperor Palpatine, as I massively am, you'll see him doing some pretty extraordinary stuff in that role. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now on for my much much blind uh, section of the podcast. The Third Murderer, which I think we were all hoping would be a bit more exciting than it was. Uh, most of the time it was just Satan. And we don't have a prize for best Satan because... There was that one really hot Satan. Was there a and hot Satan? Was... Yeah, there was a hot Satan and I think he was in um, Verdi, maybe? Could have been Verdi. There were a lot of hot, hot folk in that. Yeah, there was, there was a hot Satan. So <laughs> shout out to that guy. He knows who he is. He knows who he is. And if you're if you're at home and you're in one of these, it's not you. No, no, no. It's it, yeah, it's you. <laughs> uh, but the best third murderer by far was John Stride as Ross in the tragedy. Of yes, Macbeth. big shout out to John Stride in general. Yeah, great um, performance as Ross in um, the tragedy. Yeah, great performance, but also just great adaptation of the role of Ross to make him something so much more interesting than he usually is. He's an opportunist he's a a sort of self-promoter he's just he's gonna look out for whatever is gonna meet his ends the best he sees an opportunity with Macbeth to get on his good side and sort of ingratiate himself and then as soon as Macbeth passes him over for promotion he immediately goes to the other side uh, after he's participating in the murder of Macduff yeah yeah so yeah Um, Banquo no, not Macduff. Not Macduff. Uh, sorry, Macduff's die. family. I mean, so he um he leaves the gate open for the killers in that. So yes. So yeah. I mean, it's like he kills Banquo, who's you know Macduff's family. All this. Yeah. Exactly. Know. Yeah. He's a key figure. And he, and he was also quite hot as well. Oh yeah, you got to have that. <laughs> so yeah, that's definitely the best use of the third murderer, and I think pretty inarguably the best Ross as well. Yes. Next up, we have best ending. Yeah. Um, we have. I, I suggested this one because in mm. some of the um, adaptations we've seen, they change the ending because the ending in the play is straight up, you know, like very kind of yeah, very Shakespeare. New king fight. gets crowned, everyone's happy. The new king gets crowned, hero, blah blah blah. <laughs> a bit, bit of a speech, and then everyone goes home. And, yeah. Um, yeah. However. Um, we've got two films here we want to mention. First up, as like kind of the runner-up, is Tragedy of Macbeth. Yep. Where we have a kind of um, odd ending. Yeah. In the fact that we have the Malcolm being crowned thing. Mm-hmm. And then riding up to Scotland on his horse is Donald Bane. Very strangely and Donald he... Bane. Might have made a lot more really? sense if it was Fleance. So much more sense. But we, I think we did check it out and it definitely was oh, yeah. Donald Bane. Yep. Um, and... He kind of rides up and he gets 
he stops at the place where like the witches are hanging out mm-hmm. as if he's about to get his own premonition he hears something right i think they're like calling him or something or he hears yeah whispering. they're like donald or whatever yeah um and so which is a a completely like new ending it's in no way mentioned in, mm. in shakespeare yeah um but it's interesting in the fact that it's almost like fate has a role for everyone yeah absolutely and it, yeah um, very spooky yeah how However, the yeah. the prize number mm. one is Macbeth 2015, which we both agreed on heartily. Yeah, so I get chills. This ending is gorgeous for uh-huh. one thing. It's kind of red, blood red sun background, um, and you have two people with swords kind of walking towards each other, and those people are Malcolm, mm-hmm. the current king of Scotland, yep. and a young, young, like I'm talking young, yeah, like a kid, young, Fleance, who. Yeah. He knows about... I think in this one he knows about the prophecy, doesn't he? Yes. Banquo's uh, soliloquy has turned into him telling his son. Yes. So yeah. he knows that there's been prophesied that he will be king. Yeah. And he's drawn the sword from... I don't know if it's oh, Macbeth's sword it's or Macbeth. Yeah, we had a discussion about this. We feel it was Macbeth, um, Macbeth's sword that he picks up. Yeah. And they're walking towards each other over this like kind of Scottish plane. And, yeah. they, and it doesn't show you like they're definitely gonna fight or anything but that's the, the implication they're on the road and to i each love other. that yeah that it's like this is is malcolm gonna kill this kid because this kid he doesn't really stand a chance against like no but know. he is fated he is fated to become he king is fated. and his life so you never yeah. know um so that's i love that that is the end that's the ending i yeah. like the best where fiance is there and he's kind of like there's an implication you. that he's still fated yeah it stays with you it's haunting you know, and it's just, yeah. and that uh, the soundtrack as well, just the drum beats of, it, it's like, oh man, it has a huge amount of impact. It's really cool. Yeah. Okay, we're getting into the big ones now. This is like the Oscar top five, but the six because yes. we because the Oscars don't give out an award for worst film, which we will be doing shortly. <laughs> should we do actually? Should we do that now? Um, just to get it out of the way, yeah, so we can be positive. So, worst film. There were a couple of categories. <laughs> there were a couple of definite contenders. Um, contenders. Yeah, uh, but obviously, I lobbied hard for Australia for Australian Macbeth two thousand six. It Largely, was bad. I'm not, it was bad. I'm not gonna lie, it was bad. <laughs> Just listening back to some of the sound clips, all oh, those performances aren't great, and the aesthetic was pretty grody. And worst yet, I just can't remember most of it. Like when I try to recall. Yeah stuff that happens in that movie i just can't summon any of it to mind like blocked it from my mind (laughs) there's an element of that as well but ultimately we agreed the worst film that we watched as a result of the scottish film was men of respect 1991 it's a shame because there's some good talent involved there notably you know john taturo who weirdly gives a, a a poor performance as Macbeth and it, or not I, I guess maybe not poor but inappropriate it just it felt like a misguided attempt to adapt Shakespeare into you know something modern something oh, something um, that, while we're yeah. here mm-hmm. we should give a shout out to Joe Macbeth because we haven't mentioned oh yeah yet. that's true we don't we're not giving any prizes to Joe which is a shame so if if there was a if there was a prize for best gangster film yeah. Which often they make it into gangster. Yeah, we've seen it a few. would go to Joe Macbeth because Definitely. they did it really well. I, I was like watching this gangster movie, enjoying this gangster movie, and yeah. also being like, "This is actually Macbeth." Like it was, it, it did tick a lot, so many boxes. It wasn't silly. Nope. It had a good murder. It had a good Macbeth, good Lady Macbeth, good Duncan. The yeah. Duncan character was interesting, and I think you know it doesn't take an award but it definitely deserves a shout out definitely if we did a award for like best modernization of Macbeth, i think there would be two contenders and that's joe Macbeth and scotland uh not scotland pa uh what's it called shakespeare retold um Macbeth yes. in a kitchen um and i think maybe joe Macbeth comes off as the better rounded of them certainly but there might be better individual elements it was the biggest surprise, I think. Yeah, it really it was. was. A, definitely the biggest surprise, yeah. So, Brilliant. big shout out. Yeah, really great stuff. But yeah, Men of Respect is the worst film that we watched, just because it just felt like it didn't quite know what it was meant to be. No, and it it wasn't needed. Like, mm. I, I didn't need it in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it came in the wake of, like, gangster movies of the late 80s and early 90s, and it just, uh, it just felt like the worst of every 
world and it did not incorporate its Shakespeare elements very successfully at all. Yeah, if you're going to do a Gangster Macbeth, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. um, <laughs> I would watch Jamie Macbeth first and, and think about whether or not you can do it better yeah. because I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not convinced. More people should see that. More people should see Joe Macbeth. Yes. Um. So, yes. Um, up into the big yeah. two. Top five. Top five. So, um, first up is Best Lady Macbeth. Apart from me, obviously, with my stunning performances every single week. <laughs> Check um, them all out. <laughs> we have one runner-up, and we talked about this one a lot, actually. Yeah, this is tough. We mused over this. So, um, I apologise for my terrible pronunciation. <laughs> but our runner-up is... is Isuzu, 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 Isuzu Yamada, yeah, and that is the Lady Macbeth from Throne of Blood, yes, um, which I don't think we mentioned yet, not yet, no, but uh, it gets um, a couple of drops in the top five. <laughs> um, so yeah, Throne of Blood is absolutely stunning film, yeah. of course, yeah, um, you know, but she is both terrifying, yeah. And effective in... So she gets a storyline where she loses a baby mm-hmm. during the film. Yes. Um, Which solves a lot of problems that we have with the Lady Macbeth character. Like, yeah. why does she go crazy, for uh-huh. example? Um, She's also very persuasive. She yeah. really persuades him, but in a kind of way of, like, you won't be a man if you don't do this. Exactly. Like, you know... You... Very tough. Very tough. And, and also like super scary yeah creepy like in this kind of like creepy witchy way yeah. and she has some shots that are just like when she's coming out of the dark oh yeah and she's like she's all dressed in white and oh yeah just amazing however really she is a runner-up uh-huh um and our best lady at birth goes to the powerfully stunning awesome gorgeous marianne Cotillard from yeah. 2015 in Macbeth. come 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 get me your hand What's done cannot be undone. To bed. To bed. She also solves the problems that we had with the Lady Macbeth character because yeah. we know she lost a baby at the beginning of the film. So she's kind of crazy, like kind of throughout the whole thing, mm. which yeah. I, I love. She's in this, yeah. she's mourning for her child and she's yeah. just in black the whole time and she's going to the church and praying and her sleepwalking scene is actually done in the church. Yep. To no one, she to no like doctor. She seems like a ghost of a, yeah. a kind of son, doesn't yep, she? Yep, she does. And I just love the way that she's played in this kind of... She still wants like all these ambition things for Macbeth yeah. because she almost thinks that it will fix yeah, their exactly. grief. So grief for her is like a big player and I just love that. She yeah. wasn't... She wasn't trying to play her sexy even though marion coltard is 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 sexy like, yeah, there's no gorgeous. denying it but um she wasn't playing it like that she's playing mm. it in this kind of like maybe this will fix our problems kind of yeah way. absolutely she's got a frailty that i think really sells the position here and it's it, it she does so well at selling the idea of ambition in place of grief and there's so many times where she works really well with the language but there are so many times where she's just getting it across with her eyes you know of just the look that she gives to camera or to just dead space and yeah she's got something really special going on okay moving on to the okay. titular man himself best Macbeth. <laughs> what bloody man is this <laughs> so okay first of all let's talk tosh no, i mean orson wells is a really good performer but <laughs> he is never a bit co- like he is a bit like I can be in this scene. Yeah. When he like is not in that scene, he's like, it's not I'm a very... just gonna put myself in every scene. It's not the most generous performance of Macbeth that you've <laughs> ever seen. Um, case in point, I can't even remember what his Lady Macbeth looks like. I don't think I, she I, was... I just I just keep remembering he's in the sleepwalking scene for some bizarre reason. That's right, and the murder you're of like, the Macbeth. You're not in yeah. the scene. Like, leave the scene. <laughs> but he just oh, wanted God. to be in but every single. He's scene. He's got a great face and he's got a great voice, but yeah, he's awesome. Well. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, Being we have like the main thing. <laughs> speaking of people who are just who they are, Toshio Mifune, the oh incredible, God, incredible actor, is absolutely stunning in Throne of Blood. He's he's in everything as well. By yeah, um, yeah uh, he's in a lot of Kurosawa. Yeah, Kurosawa, Akira Kurosawa. He's yeah. yeah, he's just amazing. Especially my favorite role of him is uh, in the um, he's like in the in the village and he's the samurai. Oh, seven samurai. Or Sanjiro? 
Sanjuro. Oh, he's great in Sanjuro. I love him in Sanjuro. <laughs> I like anyway. him in modern stuff. I like the idea because he makes too much sense in a samurai film. I like him in a suit, like in um, Bad Sleep <laughs> Well or um, Redbeard, where he plays a doctor. Or um, mm. a couple of the gangster ones as well. Oh, he's just great. Anyway, um, Toshi Mifune is great <laughs> anyway, and he's great in Throne of Blood. Um, we also wanted to talk about Michael Fassbender because what he does so well is the post-murder stuff. But also the idea that he is a damaged and broken man even before committing the murder. He's yes. someone who's just not working the way he should. And that's what lures him into doing this. Because like it can he's be... also grieving. Yeah, it's tricky to take like golden knight Macbeth, brave Macbeth, great valiant Macbeth. And then in the course of like two conversations, he's convinced to commit regicide. So it's sure. better if you can see the cracks already. And you definitely can with Fassbender. And after the murder, he just goes deranged and it's brilliant. But in terms of sheer charisma, we're not mm-hmm. going Magneto, we're going Professor X. It's James McAvoy from Shakespeare Retold. If I had died an hour before Duncan Doherty, I'd have died a happy man. Now, it's as if everything that was important in life is gone nothing can ever be serious again yes he so deserves it oh my god i keep thinking about his performance and just like how good he was for the whole thing yeah he was so good good. i love his pre-murder stuff i love him being charming big personality Macbeth. i love him talking to banquo about the first time he had oysters i love him getting the, the kitchen staff to sing along with him but yeah, once he starts going unhinged, he does dangerous so well. Yeah, you know? he does because having like having this was pre-split, but having yeah. watched Split and then watched this, you're like, oh man, he does crazy so well. <laughs> like he's good at crazy and damn, menacing. he is crazy. <laughs> um, and he's Scottish, so he's Scottish. He's got that gorgeous it's... voice. Yes. Um, <laughs> You know, Shakespeare told where he plays like a chef and everything mm. is a modernization version, but he still plays it in that traditional like downfall way where yeah. he like starts high, like, you know, popular, friendly, yeah. blah, 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 and then crashes and burns. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well deserved. So we have broken up the best film uh-huh. into three categories because there's no way to pitch yeah. traditional Shakespeare against... Um, like adaptations etc so we have got best film play best adaptation and then the overall best scottish film so in terms of best film to play uh, there are only a couple of contenders for this um however i do think that this one takes the biscuit Mm. and it is the rsc macbeth with ian mckellen as macbeth was a hope drunk wherein you dressed yourself hath it slept since and wakes it now to look so green and pale at what it did so freely. Pretty piece. I dare do all that may become a man. Who dares do more is none. Yeah. And it is it's gorgeous the way they do it. It's very understated, yeah. minimal. There's not any like set. There's not that many props. Mm. It's all just like pure Shakespeare. Yeah. Pure, good old fashioned. Judy Dench's Lady Macbeth Shakespeare. Yeah. And that is one to watch if you're wanting, you know, pure, yeah. like stage play Shakespeare. Yeah, and I think we, we talked quite a lot in the early days about best place to start. I think this is a pretty good shout because most of the scenes are here. It's very interesting, very dynamic, very well acted. This is probably a good place if you're completely unfamiliar with Macbeth. This is probably a it's, good one I don't think it's a watch. good place for someone who is um, not good at concentrating on Shakespeare. Because right. some people aren't aren't very good at like being engaged with Shakespeare. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you're looking, if you're like, I really want to see like a traditional Macbeth, you know, with all the scenes in. Yeah. You don't care about set or, you know, music yeah, yeah. or anything. Then I think that, yeah, definitely a good place to start in yeah. that respect. Absolutely. Although some very good music, actually, especially in the choral oh, yeah, coronation stuff. You know, yeah, it's worth saying, true. with both Lady Macbeth and Macbeth, we have favoured the more cinematic actors. Mm. You know, we haven't picked up on any of the sort of, you know, Maurice Evans or... Uh, uh, Ian McKellen's, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, we haven't even think... mentioned Patrick Stewart. No, absolutely. And I think it's just... I mean, I know my tastes skew theatrical, uh, cinematic than theatrical. But also, I think that that kind of performance just works a bit better on film. You know? Mm-hmm. But it's undeniable that in this 
play RSC Macbeth from 1979, which is on YouTube in its entirety. It is well acted throughout. Incredible theatrical oh, yeah. performances. Ian McKellen is a stunning theatre actor. Yeah. He is like, even though he's done a lot of film, mm. he started his career in yeah. theatre and he has played like a gajillion yeah. different parts, you know, <laughs> and I think that this is... And sometimes the If same you watch this, you'll be like, damn, times. he is... Is good. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, look at how many other actors from that have won awards in our categories. You know, two for Ian McDermott and, Bob, you know, Bob Peck was an honourable mention and um, Best um, Malcolm was from there. So, yeah, pretty great performances throughout. Okay, so with Best Film Play out of the way, we now have to look at the one that departed the most or sort of tried to do something new with the concept. <laughs> and here, this is where you're going to get your stuff like Shakespeare Retold and you know, the gangster ones, but ultimately... Joe Macbeth, yeah. Yeah, Joe Macbeth would come under this category, but ultimately the best adaptation of Macbeth into something brand new has to go to Akira Kurosawa's Throne of Blood. Yes, oh my god. I mean, it is like one of like the best films. Yeah, in like the world ever. It so, really I is. I mean, it's it's hard to like. I mean, this came quite early as well. So it's, yeah, it's hard third. to like top it. Yeah, absolutely. And it was just a gorgeous film. It's well shot. It's beautifully shot, as you'd expect. Incredible cinematography and editing. Well acted throughout. Great music. It's everything you associate with Akira Kurosawa. But more than that, it just represents an absolute perfect movement of this material into its setting. It makes so much sense in this sort of feudal Japanese society and as part, and additionally as part of Akira Kurosawa's cinematic oeuvre, that it just fits in perfectly. And that's a hard thing to do with, you know, a text written 300 years then earlier. Yeah, I mean, it is... 350. Yeah, every performance was amazing Mm. and it was gorgeous and the fight scenes were outstanding and... I had everything Akira Kurosawa does well. Yeah. And yeah, packed into to one. And also the weather. I remember yeah. the weather being like... Kurosawa just... uses great weather. And, and, and there were so many horses. And I was like, <laughs> how did... Is this Japan? Because like, do they have this many horses? They had a confused. lot of horses. <laughs> they had a lot of horses. But yeah, just such a, such a stunning film. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of stunning films. Yeah. We're here. We are <laughs> we here. We come to the ending um the best scottish film oh my god there are so many contenders for this mm. it was like it's hard to to pick one overall because yeah. it, i've just had such a good time and yeah. every single one even men of respect have yeah. redeeming features yeah. but i do think this this almost like we were just in agreement pretty much from the beginning on this one yeah it has everything it has great actors it has yeah. great scenes they used like cinematography was outstanding music yeah. like the light the way that they fix the problems that we have yeah yeah almost and psychically the best... they just picked up every time we would say oh this scene goes on too long or this scene could mm. do with being elsewhere they 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 like <laughs> they just anticipated all of it yeah and they even tried to fix act 4 scene <laughs> uh, scene 3 uh yeah one. Yeah, the yeah, first half is, of that scene, they just skip right over it. <laughs> yeah, they did like a t- They did like three lines, and then they just it's just gone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the best Scottish film goes to Macbeth, two thousand fifteen. Was the hope drunk, wherein you dressed yourself? Have it slept since, and wakes it now to look so green and pale? Of what it did it so freely? Plenty peace. I dare do all that may become a man. Who dares do more is none. Justin Kessel, yeah. we've Just... already mentioned Marion Cotillard, we've yeah. already mentioned Michael Fassbender, yeah. but there are still so many more things about this film that are just I think you described it as like a perfect yeah, like it's a so. perfect film almost it like, knows exactly there's nothing I would change pretty much yeah, it knows exactly what to play straight from the play it knows exactly what to change it makes some really kind of dangerous decisions with the script but ultimately proved very rewarding i love the way they oh my god i'm so happy with the way that they keep lady macbeth present throughout the almost entire film they don't bump her off for like half the movie and then come back to have her kill herself at the end they keep her mm, yeah. around they keep She's her just involved like around. and they 
yeah, it just it's a it's the one that felt like the best story. It just had the best focus. Yeah. It yeah. was it was so such an enjoyable film to watch. Like mm. I wouldn't have um so I only watched one of these with my boyfriend who I live with and that oh, was right. um Throne, Throne of Blood. Right. Um because obviously he's already seen it before. He's sure. massive Akira Kurosawa film. But as mm. I was watching this one, I was like, God, he would really enjoy this. Yeah. Give it a go. Like, anyone could enjoy this film. Like, Absolutely. it's not just like, yes, it's Shakespeare. And yes, they use Shakespearean language. <laughs> but it's also just a stunning film. Yeah. Even my um, even my friend Goodman, who is not our friend Goodman, who... <laughs> no, I don't not... like him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. He's, he's bad. He doesn't like Shakespearean language, particularly. But even he conceded that uh, 2015 just had a lot going on for it, including the music and the um, the cinematography. So, yeah, it yeah. can. This is a film good enough to impress non-believers, but I think and I hope it's also it's also good enough to, you know, stand up to Shakespearean scholars as being one of the more exciting and interesting adaptations that have been done with this text. So yeah, yeah, I totally agree. They they chop bits out and put it in different yeah. places to yeah. make things either make, make more sense or yeah, make yeah. new scenes or you know just make it more dramatic. And I just yeah. feel like that's it's just I I even though I'm, I'm not a Shakespeare purist, but mm. I am a Shakespeare lover, and I was totally fine with it because it takes what Shakespeare made and makes it into something for today, and it yeah. is it endured like 400 years yeah and that is something that a lot of things can't say yeah okay let's let's talk about that because we've got to give full credit to shakespeare here that he has written written a play that is robust enough to accommodate all of these different visions we've watched 21 different versions of the same story and still right up until the end there were brand new ways of making it feel fresh and new yes i mean and and there's one in the works too, isn't there? Yep. Um, don't Can't know when wait. it's going to come out due to nope. COVID, but um, <laughs> one to come it, out know, and three for us to try and works. catch up on if the BFI ever gets back to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I, if you haven't listened to my other podcast, have you ever mm. heard of? You may have heard the William Shakespeare episode, and um, where I talk about him and he, yeah. he is not one to edit his work. He doesn't yeah. edit his work. He just mm. writes a play and they perform it. Yeah, and. I love that, that he can write this play that is still being made over and over again nearly 400 years later. Absolutely. And it's just incredible. And yeah, I'm really, really glad of this opportunity to just watch this whole bunch of people come together and make different versions of this play. It's been really quite an interesting ride. <laughs> so best scriptwriter <laughs> goes to William Shakespeare. <laughs> He was the very best. But there's one more prize to give out. I think we need to decide what was the best Katie Shakespeare fact. Oh. What was the best one? The one that stuck with me is I really liked the long word, which I haven't been practicing and I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also the curse that Shakespeare put on his own grave. Oh, that is good. That is like pretty that good. However, my favourite... Not, it's not a sh- really a Shakespeare fact, it's a fact from Shakespearean theatre. Oh, yeah. It has always been and will always be um, that when, you know, when you went to see a Shakespeare play, you used to pay a penny and yeah. you used to put it in a box and that box got taken to the back and locked in a room and that room was called the box office. Yeah, And I just great. love that that is still a thing and that's what it's yeah. called and it's just beautiful the way that it endured all of that time absolutely it's it's really because it's like why is it called a box office like have you never thought about that before have you never gone to a theater and been like why is it called the box office yeah but and then that's why it's a literal yeah. office for a literal box <laughs> that's my favorite shakespearean yeah. theater fact really good okay well how can people find out more about katie maiden uh, well, as I just mentioned, they can go to my other <laughs> podcast, Have You Ever yep. Heard Of, which is a history podcast where you can learn about people you may or may not have heard of. <gasps> um, they can also go to my blog, katiewritesabout.com, even though that's on a slight hiatus because I'm moving house. So <gasps> I haven't been doing much blogging. Fair enough. <laughs> um, and they can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at katiewritesabout. What about you, Paul? What about me? Well, you can stay here on Screen Mayhem and listen to some more podcasts I've appeared on at Screen Screen Mayhem Extra. Or you can read some reviews that I've put up. They're always going up and the London Film Festival is approaching and I've had press accreditation. So there'll be some 
reviews of some brand new films there. Or you can go over to OGT Pod and find out about Mika Goodman watching terrible movies and trying to find nice things to say about them. I'm currently revisiting and that's things to say about each other too. and about each other. It's really hard. <laughs> Really but difficult after all this years. We're re- revisiting some films from our past. Uh, we're doing. We just did Spy Hard. We're currently doing oh, Batman God. Forever, and then I think next week is Van Helsing. So, oh Lord, shit. I know. So yeah, I think. Uh, meanwhile, please come back here for one more episode in which me and Katie are going to try and pitch a brand new vision for Macbeth. Are we going to yes. do one each? Um. Yeah, or we could, you know, collaborate. Collaborate? Okay. Yeah, I think we should collaborate. <laughs> I mean, we've been collaborating for like all this time now. Yeah. So. Okay, let's pitch a, a Macbeth. Uh, so we come can, back. You know, we can talk talk it through with our listeners. Yeah. And shout at us <laughs> even though we won't be able to hear them. <laughs> so yeah, come back for that. And that'll be the last Scottish film until either we get our hands in one of the three that we skipped or Joel Cohen finally gets his version out there. But until all of that happens, away and mark the time with Ferris Show. False face must hide what the heart doth love. Bye. Bye.